Hey, welcome back to the Pillow Fort. Um, I'm Shonen Express, or Luke, once again, coming to you with another episode about the promised Neverland. This time, we're going over um, the search for Minerva Arc, which is chapters 53 to 74, I believe, right? 53, yeah, I think so. Um, and so, with me once again, I have Kate and Shania. Um, Kate, if you, for you guys who haven't seen this, these podcasts before, Kate has never read The Promised Neverland. Me and Shania have both read it. Um, so yeah, let's just let's just jump right in. So Kate, again, since you're the you're the newbie, what what is your initial thoughts about the search for Minerva Arc? Anything stand out to you or that you thought were interesting? Yeah, uh, I like. I mean, I usually say in these things that like how it starts is very like dramatic and that this arc is no different I mean, <laughs> we got the the gun immediately in the face as soon as as soon as we get here <laughs> and it's Not just playing around yeah like you can tell obviously um the guy the man because um, we don't have oh, his man. name yet <laughs> he's uh he's definitely been through a lot and you can tell that from his immediate reaction to the children obviously i didn't think that uh he would meet them with that much uh aggression i would say but you know that's that's just how it goes these kids can't catch a break in this world it just always has to be going forward so <laughs> gotta meet a grown man yep. drinking out of a broken teacup yep. in the basement threatening your lives that's no absolutely no no i love speaking of like we don't know his name i love i think there's like one panel where we see like it's a flashback of like his friends telling him to run and it like blurs his name out yeah. intentionally <laughs> and i'm like why even put that in there if you're not gonna tell me his name right just say run. Why do you have to say? Why do you have to do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is uh, hostile. What, Shania, what did you think about the man's initial interaction? So, my initial reaction to seeing the man was it was suddenly really intense because when you show up there, I remember reading it the first time I showed up, but I'm like, this is it. This is William Minerva. And then I'm like, it's a crazy man with a gun who's about to blow him his head off. And I just, I can't get over Emma iconically just elbow him straight in the crotch. And it's just like, ah, he wasn't going to shoot me. And I'm like, Emma, you got to stop believing the best about people. You really, you worked, it worked out here, Emma, but not, not always. It seems like it's always like, okay, Emma, but like next time he could have absolutely shot you in the head. So let's not like doesn't she at one point like get shot and the bullet like grazes her cheek yes <laughs> <laughs> that's insane that's an insane like that's first of all i'm not even sure that that's so much he he is either the best sharpshooter in the world or that was actually an accident yeah because that is so close yeah but it's uh so yeah it's a little hostile when we first meet our friend the man as he's known it's a little hostile um but I, I like how he like he he like breaks out of his bindings like by himself. I was like, okay, so this guy this guy knows what's up. He's not like he it's not like he's he's very intelligent too, and you could tell that through, you know, his interactions. But so I I like 
I remember reading this week to week and getting to the shelter and being like, oh, we're safe. Like, I felt like after we tied the dude to the bench, I was like, oh, they're safe. They're like taking a bath. I don't know. Did you guys feel like, how'd you guys feel about the shelter and the, and the kids being there and everything? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, I had that same exact feeling. I just thought, oh, finally, we're just going to get a break. We're going to get a little breath. We can collect ourselves before we go and get back the rest of the crew. But no, it's just immediately into more danger uh, with the man. And it's just, it's interesting because, um, like, eventually we learn more about, like, his backstory and where he's coming from and we understand why he has this very uh, non-optimistic outlook on uh, the rest of them surviving and getting out, and especially uh, Emma's attitude towards everything. He, like, seems to hate Emma in particular <laughs> because of, like, how positive she is in all of this in the midst of everything. And, yeah... Yeah, I guess my perspective going into the bunker was a little different because obviously having read it before, like I knew that we were just at the jumping off point for things to get a lot crazier and more intense. And so I was mostly just braced for it, like the reminder of the sad because the man has gone through so much. And so he starts off like looking intense, like he doesn't care at all. And then as Emma like, yells at him in the forest basically his problem is that he cares too much he's like this broken man dealing with serious ptsd and depression and it makes me really sad like the wall that's in the one room that just has like their names and help written all over the place or the fact that like literally any item in that shelter is significant like he's not just having a meltdown about the self-destruct button he's like please if you break a single thing i will just curl up in a ball and cry <laughs> and like it's just so sad it goes from being like he's a fearsome he's like the next fearsome bad guy to oh no he's just a sad broken man we gotta we gotta help him yeah i like so like i i don't know if it's ray that thinks this it's one of the kids I think it is Ray because then Ray asked the little girl, that other girl, to like threaten breaking something <laughs> to see if it would work. But like Ray like sees that like when they get there, the teacup in his hand is actually broken on the bottom, so he's not drinking anything. <laughs> he's just holding it. <laughs> and I'm like, that was my first hint to be like this. This guy is pretty emotional, right? Yeah. You don't find yourself holding the broken teacup because you know people are entering you know what i mean like he set the stage that's what that was yeah. he was like welcome to my lair and like it was, yeah just, it's just he's been like alone there for 13 years was it and i just yeah yeah uh, that really just being alone for that long really does something to you honestly but like more than yeah. that, like he went through super, super traumatic experiences, uh, like watching all of his family basically die in front of him almost and having to run away yeah. and be like, at least he thought at the moment, the only survivor. Like that's just so much. And he has to live with that for 13 years. So yeah, definitely enough to drive somebody like insane for sure. <laughs> And he's like, and like, we obviously, we see the room 
with a couple bunk beds like where the walls are all written on and everything mm-hmm. like yeah he's he's had a he's had a tough go of it here in this bunker and yeah i mean being by yourself for 13 years after probably like you know based on how we've seen you know our kids from gracefield go about this i mean he he probably got out of a you know a, a farm <laughs> you know met with a world full of demons finally found safety and then all of his friends die and that's where we leave him off to find him eating cookies and drinking <laughs> fake tea in, in a shelter yes. it's yeah you know i think it's okay that he's a little crazy i think that's fine you know we'll give him that he's had a tough go of it but so emma and ray and the man end up going and searching for is it a0863 is that the coordinates i think so yeah yeah um which we end up knowing is is goldie pond but um they they on their way there i really i like that like the man like ray takes note of i assume it's ray could be emma but somebody takes note of like he's been out here before he's he has like gone on these trails before even just by himself i thought that that was interesting like kind of learning that in these 13 years like to hunt and eat he had to do that because he didn't like use all the resources in the in the the underground base there but what i mean how'd you guys feel about the the whole like journey to goldie pond them learning about the demons and all that i don't know if you had any thoughts about that yeah that was so crazy the whole journey was very fast paced start to finish i just felt bad like seeing emma and ray like just a couple days in and they're like so sleep deprived and dragging their feet they look so bad and i just feel so bad for them in that moment but yeah and how chipper does he look oh yeah he he looks looks just so happy he looks fine (laughs) i'm so mad (laughs) yeah yeah but uh i thought it was especially interesting how ray kept thinking to himself I have to watch this guy. I have to see what he does because he knows how to live out here. And even the man picks up on uh, Ray and Emma doing that because he says, uh, oh, they've learned in this short amount of time how to not make sound when they move. Uh, They've learned like all this other stuff. And I just thought it was super interesting that even in that moment of absolute like sleep depravity, Ray is still like, I still need to be learning from this guy even if he doesn't want me to. Yeah, I love watching that. I like how begrudgingly impressed the man is because he doesn't want to have any connection or attachment, but he's like, I'm giving them no help and they're learning so much. So this is like its own like mini training arc, I feel, but it's not presented that way because he's actively like, I need one of them to die. I'll just rescue the other, take him back, and I can go about my happy existence. And that's his whole goal the whole time. He's like, I'm just going to keep setting them up to die one of them and then i can just go back about my life and then it's poetically terrible that at the last minute where emma is like does her whole like message of hope spiel and you know he's decided to kill her at that point because i liked his analysis where he says like uh emma's the idea person but ray makes it happen so like which one do i need to take out and he like decides on emma 
Emma changes his mind about everything, and before we can really have a heartwarming moment, she is just yeeted through the air. <laughs> and I was like, that's just such, like, painful timing, because he's like, I can have hope, and then the person who brought him hope is literally ripped away in front of his eyes. Yeah. But, like, it gives me, like, they're gonna, they're gonna get her back, because Ray's not gonna let that not happen, but... It's definitely, it's, he's definitely right though, right? Like to take down this team, Emma's got to go. Yeah. Ray will just like, Ray, Ray could be controlled. Emma, no. Emma's not going to let, em, Emma's going to do what Emma wants to do. Right. And you're not going to stop that. Or she's going to die. <laughs> like it's not, it's not, she's not going to. But anyway, yeah, no, it's, I love, I love that it's like, again, we're going back to like Ray and Emma are so, super geniuses like they're the top of the top because they they're like learning how to survive just from watching them which is something like i feel like a lot of people would not be able to do yeah i just one thing that i just noticed too was like mm -hmm. william minerva he really like gave these children such a vast weapon stock <laughs> <laughs> like, you see yeah. that armory when you go down yeah. there, you're like, oh my gosh, this is for children. Like, what? <laughs> He's got, like, these you giant guns that, like, I'm pretty sure, like, not even Ray could carry. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> they are advanced children. Yes, advanced. <laughs> They're for they, advanced children. You expected... He expected what max fifteen year olds to be to reach that place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause what they say, like Glory Bell goes to fifteen, like the one the man's from. So, like, you expected the maximum age person <laughs> to reach this place was a fifteen year old boy, and you were like, "Let's just arm him up. Let's just totally just he. I wanted him to be able to walk into the forest and just mow down demons. <laughs> right. I don't." Like, I just, I want no questions asked. Which, like, it makes Take sense. Take them out. It makes sense, right? Because, like, I mean, they need things to defend themselves against the demons, right? I just didn't expect the extent to which that armory would be stocked. <laughs> yeah, the William Minerva preparations are so fascinating to me. Now, I'm jumping way ahead, so we're gonna have to go back to cover some ground. But I also... When they get to like his final place, like where he's actually trying to lead them within Goldie Pond, I like that the solution was initially as simple as taking an elevator. Like, I just think about how it would have went if they just did roll up and they're just like, yeah, we just, after everything we went through, we just hopped in an elevator and now we're happily in the human world. What, what a life, you know? And like, I just remember that being so funny. Like he arms them up, gives them this whole armory and everything else. And they're like, he's like, yeah, you just got to go through World War III and then it's an elevator ride, you know, real, real breezy. <laughs> Obviously that doesn't work out, which I'm sure we'll get to, but that part cracks me up too. All this prep, all this heavy artillery for an elevator. Yep. <laughs> I love the thought that they would just like have kids hide in the forest and be like, oh no, I'm lost and alone. Hopefully no poachers find me and like get sent to Goldie Pond so we can form a line outside the elevator. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, uh, it was a cool looking elevator. I will admit, I don't understand if we're going there to the real, <clears throat> to the real Goldie Pond. Um, what I what was it water? What 
because they're like it doesn't touch us when we try when we go through it it like separates for us but like it floated that little elevator. I have a lot of questions about what the heck that was. <laughs> Is that monster pee? Is that why it's yellow? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> does monster pee not? Just I mean I don't think we can rule it out. Is all I'm saying. I just like when I saw that immediately, and they were like, "Oh, it doesn't stick to us." I thought like maybe it's like the texture of slime almost. Like, <laughs> but okay, I don't know. Right. Like it 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 was definitely we weird. Monster P could be sliming. I would actually like to argue it probably is, you know? I would say. Um, I would say absolutely. <laughs> but I also like, I didn't actually think about this, and this is like a super side note, but I didn't think about this until this read-through. They, like, Emma and, when Emma and Norman find the demons at the beginning, right? They just unconsciously say they're demons. Yeah. Like, it's, like, the word that they have. But if you notice, uh, the man, as well as, like, I think all, all the kids at Goldie Pond call them monsters, not demons. Yeah. And I was like, huh. So it's just, like, kids are, like, using the word they have. So we don't really know, like, what the name of this species is. You know what I mean? It's just it's just interesting. I, I didn't ever notice that before. I thought that they are like, the name of the species was demons, but... Uh, they don't, they don't like, yeah, everybody has like weird words because it would be terrifying to see both of those names do apply for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I like to, cause I think the man refers to them even once or twice as just man eaters. Like he doesn't even give them some sort of like definite name, but i like in this arc, we see even more of the difference between, um, the kinds of like demons or monsters, whatever word you want to use that there are. Because we first meet them and we're like, okay, they just run the farms and harvest children. And then we meet uh, Musica and Sun, Sungo, Sunju, whatever. Um, and they're like, okay, some of the demons are trying to live peaceably so that they're not, they don't want to do this because of their religion. They're not eating the kids. But then you see this next group that's like following more what Sanju wants to be. And they're like, yeah, we just have an illegal hunting ground to keep it, you know, more natural, more real. <laughs> and they're monstrous, especially considering they took what was supposed to be like this paradise settlement that other children have probably been trying to escape to and are just wrecking their lives. Yeah, that was so... That was scary to find out. I don't know. KK, what did you think about the settlement of Goldie Pond? Oh, yeah, that was insane. First of all, it was interesting to see that there was uh, another route that kids went to, almost. Um, because yeah. initially, the only routes we've seen is the like farming factory farming route which they're just like grown and then sent off and then like the almost homegrown route where they're you know loved and nurtured and then sent off but this is a whole different thing and it's really like interesting just to see how this basically family of almost like royalty like demon royalty it seems like or just very rich demons or whatever um or i guess i don't really know how yeah. the money system works in this world the economics of yeah. the demon world we're not quite familiar with <laughs> so i don't know if they're rich exactly but <laughs> they they definitely have some status at least 
so and they're just connected to this one uh farm of kids where they can be shipped over here and just hunted like regular ones i just thought too the system that they had was very interesting like the whole sign uh that it's it basically tells the kids like what's gonna happen yeah. like and it gives them an idea um and just the whole idea of like the music starts and then the hunting starts and then when the music plays again the hunting stops like it's just such yeah. a like psychological game for them for the kids as well as just a physical like hunting game too right i like so as i'm like reading about this and like watching it happen i i can't help but think like well is this better than the farms <laughs> It might be. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you, like, from a am I going to live standpoint, yes. You have a much higher chance here of living than at the farms. Yeah. At the farms, if you were growing up, you're going to die. You're going to get eaten. But, like, here it's like, ah, you could live a couple rounds. Who knows, yeah. you know? Oh, I, yeah. And I, I totally forgot, like, the, the thing where most of these kids that go to this place they don't even know that they were supposed to go there in the first place. They thought I'm getting adopted and I got kidnapped by these really scary monsters on the way there. I think that part of it is so crazy too. So there's only like that elite group that we see that knows that this has actually been the plan all along. Yeah, I think it's sad to to see, like, the reaction. Like, people don't believe them at first, especially because it's designed to be so, like, friendly and kid-appealing because right. Minerva or Rachi, whatever you want to call him, he, like, sets up this whole, like, nice kid-friendly settlement and it's just filled with these monsters. But, like, I think the better route, if I had to choose where I was going to die, it would probably be the farms because that's a very... I have a happy existence yeah. <laughs> up till age 12, maybe 15, yeah. and then I die quickly. You know, I see a scary monster, maybe, and then I die very quickly. Whereas we've seen these monster, these demons, like, sadistically hunting down the kids. Even, you know, Emma's, like, first moments in there, she meets a boy, and then she hears a scream, and her being Emma, she's just like, I'm gonna run straight at the noise, and I'm gonna come literally an inch away from killing a, my first demon with a axe. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just intense. Emma was a super boss there. I really liked seeing, like, I liked seeing, like, different personalities in demons. Like, we haven't really, I mean, we got that a little bit with Sung Joe and Mu Musica, right? But, like, I mean, obviously all these demons we would consider bad guys, right? They don't <laughs> seem very fun. No. So like, but like, they're all like a little different. Like that one, the one, and I forget his name now. I should probably remember it. But like, the one who's being like carried by his followers on the little platform. Mm -hmm. Like you, like he's clearly not physically as good as like Lewis was. Like you know, because like Emma almost killed him <laughs> if Lewis wouldn't have stepped in. But like he's not, you know, he's he's like the fat king kind of archetype, and like Lewis is like actually here for the hunt and like. Right. I, yeah, I, I really like, I like that we're learning more about the society kind of as this goes. And like, so Bayon, who's I guess the owner of Goldie, this hunting ground, he like is like affiliated with, which one was it? It was Grand Valley, right? Yeah, he's like affiliated with that farm. 
And so he just gets, every once in a while, they just ship him a couple kids on the down low. Yeah. So he can hunt them down here. And, like, I'm like, that's that's so interesting. It's like, yeah, like you were saying almost before, it's like the aristocrat, like, hunting ground. Like, they have the ability to, to get away with that because they're, they're, like, the powerful there. So, yeah, Goldie Pond's terrifying. It's terrifying that it was just a settlement for, like, children. Right. Minerva was like, hey, guys, you could live here. A bunch of you. It will be safe. <laughs> and this is what it's become. Yeah. That's upsetting. Uh, and to say the least, for sure. A part of me, though, is like, why did he even create this? Because in his recording, he's like, yeah, I'm sure it's been taken over by the demons by now. <laughs> So I'm like, why, why would you even do it then, bro? <laughs> I think Minerva, or um, James is his actual name, James Rotary, is so interesting because he had the best intent to be like, he's like, I'm too scared to like mess with this promise on my own, but I can't in good conscience like let you guys just suffer. So I'm gonna drop some subtle hints only literally the smartest of the smart are gonna get it, but you know, whatever. My own form of Darwinism going on here. <laughs> and he, he like sets up this whole thing, like this whole plan to like help these kids and do this thing to like ease his own conscience. And I think, I remember it being such a crazy reveal to me, like that his brother betrayed him and he's presumably dead. And then Goldie Pond, which was supposed to be this refuge for the children, his brother Peter is like I'm gonna give it to a demon make it a hunting ground people are gonna come here with hope and they're gonna die immediately and I I do wonder though how James like left that message because he's like I'm recording this now when it's probably been taken over and it's it's too late to tell you not to come here but you're here and sorry about that my B (laughs) hopefully the elevator works but it probably won't work either so I, it's just, yeah, he definitely feels like, uh, he's not, I really, I thought this arc showed us a little bit of, like, more interesting, like, it's gotta be a weird, a hard position for James, because he is, like, I really don't want these kids to, like, get eaten and suffer like this, but at the same time, like, it's his family's responsibility to make sure that there is a human world. Yeah. Like, he's he's the line between, like, keeping the demons on this side of the fence. And so, like, I, like, I can understand why, like, their family has done it for so long and just not done anything like this. But I get, like, he's like, if by chance someone finds this and they're smart enough to figure this out, I want to give them the, the ability to make it out. Um... And to even change things. And I like, I, I, I think he says it at one point, but like in that message where he's like, I am unwilling to change, to break the promise. But if you want to break the promise, go ahead and do it. Like, I was like, that's a really interesting, like motivation. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about James Rotary or William Minerva. Yeah. I just like. I honestly, I'm not feeling too good about James right now. Um, <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> not, not the biggest fan of James right now because, like, he has a, them go, and obviously, a lot of this 
uh, like his brother betraying him is out of his control. He can't really do anything about that. Sure, sure. But he never told any of them that there was a way to get out in their plants, in their farms. <laughs> no. I'm like, okay, okay, so wait a second. Wouldn't that be like yeah. the first option that you tell them about? <laughs> Could. And then this elevator is like the backup <laughs> plan. Um, but you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of, of James right now. But hopefully that will change during this time. Yeah, because he says, he says there's other pathways in the farms. Right. If he just put the information in the farm, like, wow. they'd already be there. <laughs> we could we could have been done with this two arcs ago. Not we could have been free. <laughs> we we could have been in the out. human world. <laughs> We could have gotten the whole... (laughs) Heck, Isabella could have come with them. It's like we could have gotten everyone out. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Just put the info closer (laughs) to home. Why on earth did you make us go on this weird scavenger hunt where it's almost sure... Almost surely we will all die. (laughs) Unless we read your your work of fiction. That's it. James Rotry was just trying to sell books. Yeah. That's his whole... He's trying to sell his <laughs> fictional work. And so he made this whole scavenger hunt so that his book would get more sales. That's got to be it. Yeah. Just looking for the hype, you know? Looking for the hype. Book sales. That's what James Rotry's after. Uh, but Peter is very different. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Peter... There's like a hint of like, I'm doing this so that humans don't get eaten, but like... He does not want to help, you know? He is firmly on the side of not helping Emma, at least. Yeah. Or the humans in general. But, so, at the end, though, we've got... We got the reveal. He's back. Yeah. Like, what... what we So, we saw Lambda... Right, we saw the Lambda plant. This new, like, plant where Norman is. Um, and where he's still alive and like taking these tests. I don't know. Did you guys think, how'd you feel about seeing Norman again? I was so hype. I was so excited. I was like, (laughs) yes, he's alive still. (laughs) I, I honestly did expect him to be harvested or in a jar or whatever already. So I'm very, (laughs) I mean, that's where Connie went. I don't know. Maybe they don't jar all of the children, but. (laughs) Some of them don't get pickled. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it tastes better pickled, but anyways. So, uh, (laughs) back to the topic. Um, Right. So I was, I was very excited to see him and, uh, I'm interested to see what this whole, um, new plant is about, um. Norman seems to be succeeding in whatever they want him to do. So, I mean, good for Norman. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm also definitely worried because it seems like uh, a lot of the other kids or whatever they are there are like super messed up. <laughs> it seems like some of them can't uh, even talk anymore. And I'm not sure if they started out like that. Or, like, if somehow it was a result of what, like, Peter is doing to them. So, I'm definitely excited to see Norman, but for sure worried about where this is going to go for him. Yeah, it was definitely hype getting Norman back. I mean, obviously, like, I knew he was coming, but, like, it's still so cool to see him. And I'm like, 
Especially because the first person from like Lambda you meet is that Adam character who only says Norman's neck numbers. Which yeah. like, it's hard to say if Emma can really tell like if she's registering that that's what Adam's saying or not. Cause she's like hearing it and I, like, I feel like on her face there's some sort of recognition. But like she doesn't outwardly like say or really express anything. And then we cut to Norman and I'm like, it's my boy, he's back. <laughs> which, can I say that this story roasted him again in like the if this were Norman doing the physical training there was like a little side panel where uh, he was firing a gun like a basic gun and he ends up on his butt because of the recoil (laughs) and and I'm like these authors could not solidify more that when it comes to physicality Norman is the weakest link right (laughs) and I'm like poor buddy he tries so hard but no, seeing him back and like taking these tests and like to see that he's still got like a fighting spirit too because he's, you know, excelling at all these tests they're giving him. He's doing the best he can to like analyze and figure things out while thinking about his friends. I'm like, Norman, you keep representing. What a, what a, what a bait and switch like in that world though for, for Isabella to like walk him to the door and be like, meet your new father. And he's like, wait a minute, is this for real an adoption? I definitely saw a girl get eaten. He's like, like, I would have packed way more if this was actually real. Do we not have to do this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, for a moment, there's got to be, like, some kind of, like... No, there's there's definitely demons, right? Like, we weren't... We didn't dream that, correct? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, to see, like, you have an adoptive father. Yeah, no, it was really... I liked seeing, like, the Lambda Lab. I'm interested to see you know as we keep reading and see more of that and obviously you know adam that we met uh why is he so big why are they all so big what's is it more meat i thought that the brain was what they wanted why i don't get it but yeah it's it's it was it was interesting to see i'm glad that norman's back i definitely thought we were gonna have to do more weeks of uh, of some, you know, substituting in other people for the big three ranking, but I didn't realize that Norman would be back in the next arc. Uh, but that's good. That worked. That worked out. And speaking of return from the dead characters, I think we're ignoring the second cool adult that we meet at Goldie Pond, um, Lucas, and it makes me just happy to know he's alive because you see how distressed the man is because he's like, everyone died at Goldie Pond. I was the only survivor. And I'm like, no, look, Lucas is here and he's leading all these other kids to victory. It's okay. And I'm like, I hope you can see that. (laughs) And then like, he starts to cry when he finds out the man's alive and made it. And I'm like, these are just two bros that wanted the other to live so bad. And they're both alive. And it's just happy. Yeah. Lucas is so dope. I'm so happy that there's somebody, at least an adult somewhere here, that's able to kind of <laughs> band together the children. Um, and obviously, an we can see that, um, you know, Emma and Ray and all of them, they made it pretty far without adults and whatever. But I think for that environment, specifically of Goldie Pond, it's, it's good that they have that they have Lucas there for sure. And just like the way I was so like touched and I was like, oh, it's so nice. Like he, he's like almost afraid to ask Emma if um, yeah. you know, the man is still alive. Like he doesn't really directly ask it. He's kind of just like, oh, like, I don't know. 
But yeah, um, it's so good. I hope that they get reunited soon because that's gonna be such a good moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, I, I don't know. Do you think? So, the man and Ray are trying to get in. And so that—that's the last we saw of them, right? They're trying to get in. Yeah. And so we'll see—we'll see if that pans out. But yes, I am also glad that there is an adult here. I really like that he's hidden himself. He hasn't gone up where the demons are ever. He's always hidden himself because so that they don't know he exists. Right. Because I think that's really smart. Because I think I feel like if Lewis knew that there was a grown man there. He'd be like, where is that guy? Yeah. That's that's my life now. Just <laughs> just messing with him. <laughs> I'm like which, you know, is seems like that's Lewis's whole thing. Yeah. But it's uh it was yeah, Lucas was Lucas was really cool. I really like the ba- I really like that we found like a group of kids that are like they have as much fighting spirit as like our group of kids, you know? Like if not more. Like they're more willing to fight these these demons than than even the Gracefield kids were, because the Gracefield kids aren't really. I mean, they're really young, but like, they weren't really ready to fight them more. So just like they wanted to escape, but these kids are like, we're taking them down. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was that was just super interesting. But yeah, yeah. Do you guys? Uh, is there anything else that I missed? Anything you guys have think about the arc that you wanted to say? I do want to point out in this arc we have met what has historically been Luke's favorite character. Kate, can you guess who it is? Oh, uh, is it Lucas? <laughs> no, so close. That's really funny. That's really funny that you think that's. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's not. It is not. Oh, okay. And I will say that he is not. He is not breached. He has not breached that spot for me yet in the story. Phil's still holding it down, but <laughs> he's not free. He's going to. He's absolutely going to. I already know he is. Uh, you know, historically, I'll just say it's not like a big secret. Historically, my favorite has always been Lewis. Okay. I love Lewis from the bottom of my heart. I think he's an amazing character, but we haven't gotten all of Lewis yet. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna reserve a- reserve that. That's an interesting one for sure. I mean, at least yeah, it's where a we're hot at take. now. I feel <laughs> it's a hot take where we <laughs> it's are. A, I, I agree. It's a hot take right now, but <laughs> you really went from the five-year-old with big eyes who adores Emma right. to the monster who literally kills two kids, sends another kid back, and goes, "Tell this to the redheaded one," because yeah. he sees how like the f- intent to kill in her eyes, and he's like. Yeah, that one's gonna be good. And really and, a character shift, Luke. Like he does it just to get Emma fired up too. <laughs> like he just does I, it. I he would like to say two children <laughs> for the sole purpose of firing up Emma. <laughs> so I think it's 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 an interesting transition from Phil to him. And I can, I can appreciate a hustle, you know. <laughs> and I think I think that I have consistency in that both of the people I really like uh, admire Emma in different ways but they both absolutely admire Emma so I feel like 
there's some similarity there. And you know what? I admire Emma, so there's that. But I like Lewis and Phil. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens by the end of this read-through. It might, it might change, but uh, I really like Lewis still. I really, even in this arc, I'm really like, oh, you're so cool. I really like him. It's the hat, you know? I really like that hat. He's got that little monkey on his shoulder. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to save talking about Lewis for next time. <laughs> but... For now, we'll go over favorite characters, and since I've made mine clear, I'll say it's still Phil right now. Phil is still holding down the fort for me. Yeah, Ray. Ray is still holding down the fort for me. Emma forever representing. <laughs> wow, a lot of a lot of, a lot of stable natures in these favorite characters. We might have to shift that up next week. <laughs> but now we can finally we can do the big three again. We missed one week of only having two members, but now they're all back. Um, and so I really I didn't think about this before now, and that's a big mistake because I'm the one that writes these questions down, and I'm the one that said we're gonna do this every week. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. I think I think that uh, I got Ray, Emma, and Norman. That's that's my my ranking from top to bottom. Ray, Emma, Norman. I think probably for this arc, I'm gonna say Emma Ray Norman. Ooh, little switch up. I, I liked I liked Emma a lot in this arc. I think she did a lot of good stuff. So yeah, I'd say for me Emma Ray Norman because Norman will probably come up if we see him more in the arcs to come. But I'm like, you've just been been a nerd, just taking your test all day, Norman. They've been hustling. Will you lay off, Norman? <laughs> Gosh. You're going to be so sorry about these statements later. <laughs> anyway, this is the big three, Shania. They're all important. <laughs> all right. All right. And the all-important question. And we'll, we're, we're just going gonna to start with Cade because, again, you're new. You, you know, this is your first time. And we'll go, obviously, to me and Shania, too. But uh, how does this arc compare with the... Uh, I think I called it the mysterious forest arc before, but I think it's actually the promised forest um, and the jailbreak arc that we've already been through. How do you how do you stack this arc with them? Yeah, so um, I like this arc. I would say I think I do like this one a little bit better than the promised forest arc as well. So this one is the top for me now, which is good because uh, hopefully just the next arcs continue to be you know, my tops, which would be great, you know, but yeah, I, I really, really like this arc a lot. I think it brings in a lot of story. We get even more perspective on different kinds of demons and yeah. I think I'm always going to have a nostalgic favorite in the jailbreak arc just because of like how it first establishes characters and the family bond that we see persevere throughout the other arcs. But then Goldie Pond. Uh, or no, this is the Finding William Minerva arc. Search for whatever. This arc we are in <laughs> comes in second. I think it's really cool. I like that it's a more high stakes training because like the forest arc, it was, it was cool. Like we did a lot there, but we had like patient guides who really gave them a pretty easy intro into the demon world in, in some ways. I mean, comparative to what it could have been. But this one is like the man's just like sink or swim, you know? And they swim so well. So, yeah. So, Jailbreak, <laughs> Search for William Minerva, Forest is my current rank. 
Yeah, mine's the same. Mine's I think the same as Shania's. I really like I that that first arc is really really cool to me. But we will. This is really cool. I really Goldie Pond is one of my favorite places, if not my favorite place that we visit. And so I'm very excited to keep going. But yeah, that's probably where it stacks up for me. But yeah, so next week we will be in the Goldie Pond arc, despite the fact that we are already in Goldie Pond, which I why this is why i like i think before we did this last week i asked you guys like do you want to do two arcs in a row but it would be a lot to cover if we kept going like we are yeah. we had a ton in this arc to talk about but um so yeah next next time next week will be the goldie pond arc um that is chapters 75 through 95 so that's what 20 chapters um so that that'll that'll be next week. So thanks guys so much for listening to the Pillow Fort podcast. If you liked anything we had to say, like this video, subscribe to my channel because we'll bring in these podcasts. Um, at this point, it, you know we're we're doing just about every week, um, as well as I bring you all kinds of videos, weekly newsletters, and and various other videos. So definitely subscribe to the channel, um, and comment if you have anything to say about this arc. Put it down in the comment section. But for now, this has been the Pillow Fort podcast. See you guys next week.